a pioneer in online art teaching, Johannes Flophaus went from being an art hobbyist who enjoyed painting by numbers at the age of 35 to a master of multiple mediums with currently over 20 years of teaching experience. How did this all happen? This interview is very special. I urge you to watch the video version of this interview if you can, because Johannes gives us a free lecture that is about to change the way you make NC art. You will see Johannes showing you art. There's a lecture there. So please watch the video version if you can. The link can be found at etralab.com forward slash JV. That's the letter J and V. You'll get the link there for you. Aside from Johan's journey, present in this audio version only, the video interview will also include the main secret to making great art regardless of the medium, why nature is not a good reference, how your execution depends largely on how big you're painting, why you should paint what you know and not what you see, and why every watercolor painting should have soft edges. Before we start, I have a surprise for you. So Johannes is doing an entirely free class with us at Etcher on September 7th, noon Eastern time. Please head over to etcherlab.com forward slash JV. Again, those are the letters J and V to find the class link, the video interview links, and any link related to the episode. All right, if you're ready, if you want to listen to the audio version only, then let's go. I was, uh, I started late in my life. Uh, I was about 35 years of age. I had a business that would have a few people visiting, so I would divide the retail space and at the back I would do some painting and when customers came in I used to sell satellite systems and so when customers came in I would just take care of them and go back to the painting I I was not that's amazing so you started at age 35 you were already in love with art then because you were dedicating every spare minute of your time to it oh uh, after that yes I became big time hooked on on um wanting to learn it yes so let, let, let's even go like a little bit further back in time. So when you were a child, were you exposed to art? You know what? I only, when, I, when I was a child, I only did, a, I remember I did one drawing of a rose for my mother mm -hmm. and that's about it. There was not this big passion for art when I was a child. I mean, all children have a passion for art, but I don't remember my teens doing any drawing or anything. Mm -hmm. it, I was a late bloomer, came very late in my life. And it started that... Uh, my wife bought me a paint by number set to keep me busy. And I thought that, that was pretty easy. Of course it was paint by numbers and little did I realize how difficult it would get later on, but that's what got me going. <laughs> I remember my honestly, it was a paint by numbers kit. I just wow. wanted to do a hobby. Oh my God, how old were you? <laughs> Never did I realize it would go so far in my life. Amazing. Yeah. How, how old and, were you? And uh, I remember I did browse through the like art magazines. And my story is interesting because I went through the magazines and I said to myself, boy, I wish I could paint like that. That looks like so much fun, but they're so good, these artists. I'd give 10 years of my life to paint like that. I remember telling myself that. And uh, little did I know that I would end up working for that company whose magazines I used to admire and subscribe to. Oh, my God. And give their and be their leading um, instructor. So so what? So you started the painting forward. by numbers, and you just couldn't get enough of it. What came after no, that? It, 
I did that. And then what happened later on is I, I, this was during the nineties where Bob Ross was on TV mm-hmm. and he made it look so easy. And so, yeah, I did, I bought his books and I watched his programs and I did about maybe 30 of his paintings. And, uh, that really helped me a lot because he worked with very thick brushes. Mm-hmm. And so you could see that there was a lot of looseness to his work. Mm-hmm. He didn't paint tight. So that was an influence because that's from then on, I was always a loose painter. But that's wow. how I got started, thanks to Bob Ross. And okay, so paint by numbers, Bob Ross. And see, as you can see, it's evolving, right? Exactly. But then I said to myself, I'm sick and tired of, of copying other people's work. Um, I want to do my own now. I didn't feel complete. So I remember walking into a studio with a with a watercolor artist. He was a master and I my jaw just dropped. And I, I thought I was pretty good because I was able to do the Bob Ross paintings. Very, very much similar, like a good job at it. And I walked into this guy's studio and I said, oh my gosh, I got so much to learn. And I, that's where it all started. And you were working at the time at that satellite store? Um, I was in between jobs at that time transition okay. i had um i was living in mexico and i moved to canada and by the time i was starting to get it going mm-hmm. that's where i had that free time fortunately i had that free time in between that i didn't put to waste okay and how did you take up on watercolor then what did you well do? that's because of that instructor that was the only instructor that i knew of in this area and so he was a watercolor artist and that's where i started with that and what was the instructor's name, the watercolor instructor? Uh, his name was William Biddle. Okay. And so you started having classes with him? Yes. Uh, I was so into it that he wasn't doing well with his little school. He rented a, a place and he wasn't getting students. But I was so eager to learn. And I said, well, how many students do you need? And he said, I need six. I only have you. I said, what if I pay you for all six students? That's how much I wanted it. So I paid the fee of all six students to take the private class. <laughs> oh, my God. It was a good investment. <laughs> Definitely yeah. was a good investment. Sorry, I'm digesting yeah. this information. How much I, I wanted it. It was, just, it was in my, I, mean, I just, I just knew I had to do it. I guess intuitively, so I did, I never, I never wanted to become a professional. That was not my, my intent. It was just to be a good hobbyist, but it, my career just soared. And there's much more to follow after that. I don't know if you got more questions. No, please continue telling okay, that story because okay. it's... So, so what I did is I um, I did that and he wasn't very giving. Um, like the information was not very thorough. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a very good artist. But I, as, as a lot of people have complained in a lot of workshops, these people are very gifted and they do they, they can produce the paintings, but they don't really give you all the whys and hows. So it didn't last long. And so what I did is um, I subscribed to magazines and I started to do what I call reverse engineering, mm-hmm. which means you take something apart and put it back together to understand how it was done. So I had, I accumulated like 30 of my hero artists from these art magazines. There was no internet then. There was no uh, YouTubes. It was just still magazines. And I started to cut out my favorite paintings and I started to analyze them one by one. And I said, okay, why do I like these? What's so special about these paintings? And I finally found out that there were common denominators that let's say 30 of the best artists would put together. Um, and then, uh, then I said, okay, I'm starting to see a pattern here. 
And I remember promising myself once, I said, if I ever learn to do this well enough, I ever teach this, I'm going to be very giving. And to the, to the date, that's been very true. And uh, I, then I, what I did after that is we bought a motor home and I traveled to almost all the national parks in the United States and Canada to do plein air paintings. So I must have done at least 500 paintings over the months um, in the different places. And I rubbed elbows with some of the top artists in the United States, such as Jim Wilcox. Um, I've, I've admired his work and I met, I met him personally. I painted with him and uh, as well as other artists. Mm-hmm. And uh, my career kept going and um but i was not in the teaching yet okay so as i kept learning and i still knew uh, this was now around the 2010 2011 hmm. uh there were some things that i knew i was missing all the time like this is a very complex subject uh you you, you need artists need, there's a big famine in my opinion of how much information should be given to artists that are not super talented, because I never was really talented. It just all became head knowledge that pushed me over the cliff, so to say. Uh, but I always were missing things. Anyway, so the plein air painting with my motorhome, that opened my eyes in some aspects. And uh, so in 2010, I was on a blog called Wet Canvas. Mm-hmm. And there were just everybody, they're just a, a huge community of artists. and. I was starting to teach free for free. And I noticed that there were some errors that some of the artists had, some misconceptions about getting darker and darker in, in, in landscapes. And I, and I, what I did is I challenged that. And ultimately it got the attention of Artist Network that mm-hmm. I was doing this for free. I guess there was just a moment was right where they say, okay, we need to increase our, our student enrollment. Let's try the online classes. So I proposed to them, why don't I just give online classes? And um, and they really liked the idea because that was when it was, you know, the, the the bird was in the nest ready to fly. That's when online started to, I could get continuous video. 2011? Through a GoToMeeting. And so we, yeah, the, what the first three months that was for free in 2011, we had almost 5,000 students then. And since then I've been working for Artist Network very proudly. Yeah, and, and doing uh, a fantastic I, job. Well, thank you. I've done about 430 paintings live wow. with the students. And I've. what I'm very proud of is that some of my students, most of them go back. They've been taking classes now with me for 12 and a half years nonstop. And I've taught them everything I know, but still they're still, still signing up every course. And it's That's what it. you said. If, if you're just doing because you're doing it and you don't get it, then it's not clicking and you're not really getting better unless you're able to do what you did, the, the reverse engineering. And that's so much work to do by yourself. But if you have a really good teacher. And um, it's a lot of work. It took me 15 years to, I would say, to unravel. I'm going to comfortably say I, I, I might be a little bit boastful here, but I think I know everything that needs to be known about landscape painting or, or painting in general, still lives, portraits. Um, because in the last three or four years, nothing has changed. It's just, it's just uh, always verifying through my own paintings that what I'm applying is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, you know, the, the interesting thing here, Anya, is the most important five aspects 
to landscape painting are never spoken about. This is one thing that just drives me crazy. The um, yeah, like I've I've gone to workshops, I've read books, I've seen blogs on YouTube, everything. The most important five aspects are not they're not talking about it. They these very top artists mm -hmm. they apply these techniques in their paintings, mm -hmm. but they don't they don't mention why or what it is that they're doing. It just looks good. So they're saying, well, I'm going to do this line or I'm going to do that. And uh, and they go ahead and they do it and it looks good, but they don't really put the finger on it. And the difference is that I go into the nitty gritty, into the details, and I say, and I came up with the, the number one most important aspect in, in all paintings is something that's talked about. Uh, I, I put a term on it, graceful and melodic lines. That everything turns out to be in lines. If your lines are correct, mm -hmm. it, there's, it needs much more elaboration. I don't know if you've ever popped in in one of my classes. There's something that's called, you know, the great gradient planes. Like they all talk about values, they all talk about masses, etc. But the most important aspects are are quiet. They don't appear in books, nowhere. It's like a secret. And when I have new people coming in, and they, the first hour, Anya, and I'm I know I'm sounding boastful, but I'm very proud of this. Or the first two hours when I get these new people coming, they said these are things I've never heard of before, and mm -hmm. suddenly they make total sense to me. Yeah. Can you, I know we're just on video, you're not painting, you're not demonstrating right now, but what what sort of things are those? I'm so curious. Okay, you, you want me to go. I, I got time, so I, and I'm a natural, like, I just like to teach. I, I believe this has to go out in the art world. It, everybody would get much better. Mm -hmm. Again, there's a famine where people are signing up for workshops. They want to go here, and they're coming home almost empty-handed. They have a good time, but how does that revolutionize your art? What I reveal is this revolutionizes your art overnight, literally, in the, in the first five minutes. I've identified four lines mm -hmm. that are, too, are, too, are either too fast or too monotonous, and it's going to make a lot of sense. Anything that's an implied straight line that mm -hmm. appears many times in nature, anything that's a semi-circle mm -hmm. appears many times in nature. Zigzag lines are too monotonous. Those are like the, the boughs of evergreen trees or a forest of evergreen trees. And the fourth one would be a wavy line, which is a lot of trees put together with too monotonous. So I take those four lines and I substitute them for three lines. And then you may, I, I equate those like your strings on a guitar. So I, I call them graceful lines, melodic lines, and interrupted lines if you need a straight line, but you interrupt it. So I came to the a point where anything after two inches, if, if you're moving the eye too quickly, it's going to bother the viewer. That solves everything. Another thing is that many artists, I don't know if you've ever taken classes or how much you know about it, but many artists talk about abstract shapes. I'm sure you've heard that term, but they never identify it. They tell the students, oh, you got, I'm painting abstract shapes. Oh yeah, yeah. So what does What's that, that mean? To yeah. Nothing. So I came up with something that's never written about, and it just makes so much sense. And that is whatever shape you're painting, whether it's a tree, a bush, rocks, anything, all you have to do is take an imaginary line, split it down the middle, compare one half of that shape against the other half of that shape. If they're both sides are, or the both halves are completely different, you got yourself an abstract shape. Oh. Just oh, like wow. that. So you, that immediately improves your rocks to your tree. So if you're looking at a tree, for example, we're talking about imp implication here. If they're, if they're similar, because a the little variation is not going to do it. 
Okay, Johan, so about teaching, you were talking about how you started teaching in 2011 through, um, you know, I gave free courses. Exactly. But you were telling me while we were off the record a while ago that you were teaching online way before that. So can you tell us a little bit about that? When did yeah, I always had, start? I always thought there was potential in it. And obviously, right? There's no, to know it, to know. And I, there was no technology where you could have the MP4s did not exist. What you had was JPEGs. That's it. It was still photos. So this, there was a company that came up with a device that would take a snapshot of my painting and then keep sending, uploading JPEGs in a sequence. And I, I advertised and I still got like six people and to experiment with, and I so much believed in it. And, um, of course now things have really revolutionized, but I was honestly, I was the pioneer, at least as fine as fine art, because you could Google then, um, fine art education. I was the only one that was doing it online. That's a fact. What year was this? Do you remember? That's probably the early two thousands or wow. late 1990s that far back. Wow. Yeah. I was a Something child. like that. Yep. I was then, with a young child. Yeah. I remember the MP4 technology started to come out too. And that's what made the big difference. So anyway, I was teaching these concepts to people for free. I didn't care about the money. I just wanted to get it out. And, you know, again, Artist Network took notice of that. And we, we spoke, we made a contract and I'm still working for them. On, uh, Wonderful. Giving their own. And I'm very proud of that because, again, like I said, I used to subscribe to these magazines. And um, and I always said, oh, I wish I could paint like that. Look at that beautiful painting with the mountains in the background. And and it was like I like was like was like you are sighing about it. And I just I didn't have the information. I just I couldn't can't get it. My biggest problem was the transition from the photograph to the painting that in between mm -hmm. was all the problems are. And I could copy paintings but I couldn't do my own correctly. If you, if you saw my first tree, Anya, you, it'd be incredibly ridiculous about how, and I really didn't have, like some of these top artists, they're just talented. They don't need all the training. They, they like the, the six-year-old Mozart playing the piano. They can just start to do things, and, but they had knowledge. And that's why I don't think they're very good teachers, to be honest. I'm, I'm going to criticize them I'm, without giving names, but because it came so easy to them, because if you think about it, if there are 300 million artists, um, um, people that live in the States, let's say that, I don't know, maybe a million artists or so, 30 of them that would be extremely talented would not be unusual that they can they can do things just naturally. Yeah, they don't know how to Without knowing it, why or how, they just do it. Yeah. But I did both. I, I had to build up my head knowledge for the lack of talent. And that's what makes you such a great teacher. And your students because are so that's, lucky That's to have because you. I have all this, all this information already digested. That's where I convey it. That's where I teach it correctly. So out, out of all the years, everything okay. that you've experienced over the years, teaching, making art for yourself, for others, what is your most or one of the most cherished memories that you have? What comes to mind when I ask you this? When my students get awards, well, they share it and they win, they win awards. They, they, they start to teach themselves. Um, one, a, a lot of things that people said, I'm, I was depressed. Does this is, this is healing people that go through depression. Uh, they lose a loved one. They, they, they're living in a, 
under a dark cloud. They take up painting and they feel another reason for living. So I feel that not only am I contributing for people to improve their art, but psychologically there's, there's medicine because I'm, um, I motivate artists. First of all, it makes it very affordable. And secondly, they feel very motivated that they can take the classes and they can produce art. And they say, I used to cry every day. Now I'm laughing. My God, how does that make you feel? Brings tears to my eyes. Thank you for sharing this. This is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing everything you do with the art community. It means a lot to us. What did you think? What was your favorite part of this episode? Let us know in the comment section of the post associated with the episode at edgelab.com forward slash JV. Again, those are the letters J and V. And a final reminder to join us on September 7th, noon Eastern, for a free class with Johannes. We will paint a shoreline scene in acrylics. It's from beginners to more advanced artists. Everyone is invited to join. You should definitely join if you're listening to this interview. And again, all links at yourlab.com forward slash JV. I hope to see you there. And until then, make more art.